might as well is an audio gallery that showcases the rejection of the binary frailties of good and evil in favor of truth told via comically allegorical jeremiads. In other words, Hasehamaumo. on this jump right uh-huh. now. You want to focus all right, nigga. You want to focus? Focus on this. Do you know who I am? This is why we why, could what? never, this is why we couldn't never work out, Nia. Uh-uh. Do you know who I am? I know, I just, oh, I said your name. I all know who right, you well, are. Nia, long Nia, long you forget it, nigga. What? That's right, girl. I told you. When he get on, he gonna leave your ass for a white girl. What, you want a Barbie? What about all of this? You just want some t- Welcome to Might As Well. Bitch, buckle up. This is not NPR. So without further ado, the great Maui Ma. What the fuck? Bruv, yo, I have a newspaper in the palm of my hands. I'm embarrassing. <laughs> this is fucking shameful. I'm ashamed. Okay, bruv. I'm ashamed of myself. I can't believe this shit, bruv. I have a newspaper. A physical newspaper. Made out of paper. Okay, bruv. I'm not used to reading newspapers that are made out of paper. Okay, fam. I'm used to reading my fucking newspapers on a screen. I'm used to fucking reading the New York Times on my iPad. I'm fancy. I'm fancy. But today, bruv. Today. I have a fucking newspaper in my hand. Bravio, I... I am uh, an embarrassment. Okay, bruv? I'm... I just... I'm I'm sorry. Okay, fam? I'm sorry. Like, I'd like to take this moment to say I'm sorry to each and every... Afro-futurist out there, bruv. I have brought shame to our movement. I have brought shame to our people. I'm sorry. I'd like to take this moment to say I'm sorry to Janelle Monae. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'd like to take this moment to say I'm sorry to Ryan Coogler. I have failed my people. Bruv, I'm an Afro-futurist. I should be focusing on the future. Right? I should be reading my shit on a screen. My bruv, yo, look at me. Hey, bruv, look at me now. Right? Bruv, look. Hey, fam, look at, look at me. Bruv, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Huh? What am I doing, bruv? I'm supposed to be using Wi-Fi to get my news. Bruh. I'm supposed to be using AirDrop. I'm supposed to be on the fucking sandbox. I'm supposed to be uh, on Web3. Yeah. Uh, 
talking on the fucking internet Buddy Big Mad cause his bitch gave me neck Worked all night, let the shit both flex Nigga, why you mad? Go and get yourself a check Better play it cool and I put that on the set I tired of you peons always talking online We can bang it out, can't can it from Last of a dying breed, I'm one of a kind Chillin' with the AIs in the Scooby van Only zero, but I'm feeling like a man Internet gates suggest something I can stand Mecca too hot, you gon' need more than a fan No bird man, for respect, I demand Rappers too broke, so I had to cut the lamb Shoes on my feet, yeah, it cost more than a grand Accent how I move, like I ain't get y'all a plan Wrote a whole book, but I won't tell on the stand You gon' get the yapping like you was my right hand Talking on the fucking internet Buddy big mad cause his bitch gave me neck Worked all night, let the shit both flex Nigga why you mad, go and get yourself a check Better play it cool and I put that on the set Tired of you peons always talking online We can bang it out, Nick Cannon drum line Last of a dying breed, I'm one of a kind Ain't a killer but don't push me It could get hectic, it could get ugly Think they really hate me cause all the girls love me When she met me, they saw us a prize cause these niggas just a mini me. Got a big Mac for your small fries. Where my mask at? In the Balenciaga in the closet? Alright, don't ask me what I need it for. Roses are red, Balenciaga blue. Bullets make them hot just like a kangaroo. Drop the top, now I see the moon. No Capcom kicking shit, why you? Usually my swag is on F and Mecca. Usually I'm a child of the future. Right? Bruv, yo, my dogs are all over social media talking about the great Ethereum merge. Niggas are talking about the merge. What the fuck am I doing? Reading a physical newspaper. Bruv, what happened to me? What happened to me, bro? Huh? I'm a child of the future, but evidently, I'm still tethered to the past. Alright, what's next? Huh? Am I gonna buy a fucking bookshelf? What's next? I'm a child of the future, bro. I'm a child of tomorrow. Right? Bro, I should be... I should be on Discord. Right? Talking to my dogs. Talking about cryptocurrency, talking about Bitcoin, talking about Polygon, talking about Solana, bruv. What the fuck am I doing with a newspaper in my hand? I'm a fucking, bruv. Hey, listen, I am an embarrassment. And I deserve to be punished. I deserve it. I fucking deserve it. Bruv, yo, I have a newspaper in my hand. And listen, bruv, I don't know. I don't know whose newspaper this is. I don't know. I don't know. Bruv, hey, hey, prior to today, right? The last time I saw a physical newspaper, 
<laughs> the last time I interacted with with this fucking piece of technology, bruv. The last time I handled the newspaper, I was using the paper to wipe my ass. Okay, bruv. Okay, fam, like, yo, yo, my shit, my shit is now double-ply toilet paper. My shit, bruv, hey, my shit, my shit is now advanced. Okay? My shit is now double-ply. Bruv, yo, I now wipe my ass with a cloud. Okay, bruv? I now use, I now use the fucking Nimbus. To wipe, to wipe my fucking ass, bruv! Hey, the last time I touched a newspaper, I was fucking scraping my asshole. Okay, fam? The last time I touched a fucking newspaper, I was giving my fucking asshole some fucking paper cuts for cultural purposes because lest we forget, lest we forget South Africa is a third world country. Okay, bruv? And a big part of our culture is using newspapers to wipe our asses. Using phone books. <laughs> the fucking paper <laughs> in the phone books to fucking wipe our asses, bruv. Yo, life used to be tough. Life used to be rough. Yo, bruv, yo, yo, kids are holy. Legit! We used to be poor! We used to be fucked up in the hood! However, we never noticed that shit. Because, because home, home was warm. Niggas were funny at home. Right? Niggas had love at home. However, every time I took a dump, I had to interact. With a newspaper. <laughs> hey, hey, bruv, I'm recording this shit for my child. Okay? I'm recording this shit for for my kid. Bruv, hey, if you are listening to this shit, right? In the future, bruv, your dad used to wipe his ass with a newspaper. You hear that? Yeah, that, that's a fucking newspaper. That's a newspaper. You kids, you kids are all you swiping right, swiping left. Coming, baby. Uh, and not want to spend time with them. I, I, I love being with my kids. Do I want to have a poker game once a week or a doubles tennis match? Or do I want to join a book club? Or do I want to do a lot of other things? Uh, some of which I used to do. The symphony, the theater. The ballet, the opera, all those things in New York I love. Go to the Yankee game or the Giants game or something, but uh, not much time for that now. But I'm I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool because I uh, I love my kids to death. I love my kids. It made life uh, special for me. You kids are zooming out, zooming in. My fuckers are pinching their fucking screens. These fucking kids be out here pinching their fucking OLED screens. Their fucking 8K screens. What the fuck? Bruv, back in the days, we had to interact with physical paper. <laughs> Bruv, I used to wipe my ass with a newspaper. Okay, bruv, and I thought, 
I thought I had moved past that. I thought that I was never going to see a physical newspaper ever again. However, here we are. Right? Here we are! Life is a bitch! And then you die, of course. That's why I don't get high. Because, bruv, I want to feel this shit! I'm lucid 24-7. I'm here all day, every day. I know I sound like a fucking crazy-ass person, but I'm here all day, every day. Am I floating a little bit? Yeah, naturally. Naturally. Naturally, I'm floating. Naturally. Hey, bruv, naturally, I'm in space. Naturally. Naturally, I live in the fucking clouds. Naturally. Naturally. Right? I don't do psychedelic. I don't do that. I don't smoke weed. None of that. I don't drink alcohol. None of that. Bruv, all I do is play with newspapers. So, bruv, I'd like to say I'm sorry to Janelle Monet. I'm sorry. I'm high as fuck. I'm all in the cut. Hey. I'm popping a roller joint. Some weed fell on her butt. Hey. I picked that shit up hey. and put it in a joint. Hey. I lit that shit up. No, I was on point. I was smoking. I was motherfucking smoking. I got a glass joint. Bitch, it had me fucking choking. I swear to God, it was crazy. Me and my dog, we was high. I was like, damn, bro. Damn, bro. Why? I'm so high. I can't feel my face. Oh, my God, God. I can't feel my face. My eyes burning. It feel like I got mace. Oh, my God. Somebody take me out of this place. I can't breathe on. You can breathe, cuz. I can't breathe on. Just breathe. How hot are you? Hot in the motherfucking air. Off that motherfucking air. Y'all thought I was dead. I'm sorry, Queen Janelle. I'm sorry for reading a newspaper to attain some information. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not using Google. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry for not using Bing to acquire some information. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not taking my talents to Yahoo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I let you down. I let you down. I betrayed your trust. I know, I know. You used to look at me and say, you know what? Maui Mao is the future. Maui Mao understands what being an Afrofuturist is all about. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry for using some throwback technology. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry for reading through some throwback reading material. I'm sorry. What the fuck is this? What am I doing with my life? Who the fuck am I, bruv? Like, yo, what? Yo, what am I doing? What am I doing, bruv? Huh? What am I doing? Like, like, I don't get it. What's the point of all of this shit? I've let my people down. Legit. Bruv, yo, I let Janelle Monet down. J. Cole be out here rapping about, oh, oh, I think I let Nas down. Shut the fuck up, nigga. Janelle Monet over Nas any day. 
any fucking time, bruv. Janelle Monet has written a book. Yeah. Right? She's an author. <laughs> the greatest Afrofuturist of all time has finally published her fucking Bible. And bruv, listen, yo, that fucking book has better be an e-book. Okay, bruv? That book, that book better be an e-book. Legit, bruv, we don't do physical books. We are Afrofuturists. God fucking damn it. I used to be one. I used to be an Afrofuturist. But evidently, I'm still connected to the past. Right? I'm still connected to the past. Bruv, yo, I was out here reading a blast from the fucking past. And bruv, yo, I learned a lot. Bruv, I learned a lot. Bruv, David Mabuza, South Africa's deputy president, has turned on Cyril Ramaphosa. Bruv, what the fuck is going on, bruv? I never thought, bruv, I never thought I was going to see the day. Bruv, David Mabuza wants Cyril Ramaphosa to step down as South Africa's president. I mean, bruv, yo, the fucking nerve! Of this guy. He's a vice president. The vice president of South Africa wants the president of South Africa to step down. We are fucked, South Africa. Okay, bruv? We are fucked. What the fuck is this? Like, bruv, what's going on? I'm fucking confused. Bruv, yo, I haven't read a newspaper in a while. In a while. Right? And bruv, on the day that... <laughs> on the day that... I relapse... On my fucking newspaper reading... On the, on the fucking day... Bruv, yo! On the first day in a while! Right? Of me... Of me consuming information from newspapers... I learned that the deputy president of South Africa... Wants the president of South Africa's head... I mean, bruv, what's going on, bruv? What's going on? Who, like, bruv, who's in charge? Who the fuck is in charge of South Africa? Who the fuck am I? Who's in charge of me? Who the fuck am I, bruv? South Africa is a movie. We live in a drama. It's a series. Every day you will be shocked by something new. Uh, we have even forgotten what shocked us two weeks. Bruv, I don't know myself. I don't know myself. I mean, bruv, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, who the fuck is that, bruv? Yo, my entire life, my entire personality revolves around Afrofuturism. Who the fuck am I without being an Afrofuturist? That's all I know. That's all I know. All I know is the future. All I know is technology, bruv. I'm basically Wakandan. I'm basically the Black Panther. Legit, bruv. Who the fuck am I without being an Afrofuturist? If I'm not an Afrofuturist, I might as well just fucking die, bruv. Kill me now. Kill me now. I might as well just fucking die, bruv. Janelle Monet wrote a book. Legit. It's a fucking Bible. Legit, bruv. Yo, yo, 
the fucking, the Messiah, the Messiah of Afrofuturism is communicating with all of us, right? The fucking Messiah is communicating, right, with her fucking followers. The J. Bruv, yo, fam, yo, this shit is a cult. Afrofuturism is a fucking cult. The book is called The Memory Librarian and Other Stories of Dirty Computer. Bruh. Bruh, yo. Yo, fam, yo. I know, I know all about dirty computers. Hey, bruv, I know, I know all about dirty computers. I used to chill with niggas, right? Who only had dirty computers. So you're 26. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever fucking lose faith. Ever. Once upon a time, one of my G's pulled up and said, hey, yo, Maui, I want to show you something. And I was like, bruv, listen, we are broken, fucked up in the gutter. But fam, hey, show me what you gotta. Hey, fam, hey, show me what you gotta show me, my nigga. Show me what you gotta. Gotta. Show me what you gotta, bruv. Right? And this nigga was like, yo, pull up in my crib. At around 4 p.m. And I was like, my nigga, say less. Say less. Right? I was like, my nigga, say less. I gotta see this shit. He's like, bruv, I've got magic. Right? He was like, bruv, hey, I'm in possession of something magical. I was like, bruv, what the fuck are you talking about? My nigga was like, fam, listen, my house is basically Disney World. My nigga pulled up in my crib at around 4 p.m. And I was like, fam, I'll be there. Please don't rape me. Right? I was like, my nigga, I'll be there, but please don't fucking rob me. I was like, my nigga, hey, I'll be there, but please don't fucking flip your fucking crib into an episode of ours. Please. Too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it hurts. Oh. And I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I shake my little tush on the Broward Sheriff's deputies arrest a man who they say has more pussy than he can handle. I'm Kathleen Corsa with that story coming up on Channel 6 Action News. I was like my dog, please. Please. Don't roofie my Sprite. You know I fuck with Sprite. That's my shit. Right? I'm black after all. We fucks with Sprite. That's our shit. Right? If you are black and into hip-hop, bruv, hey, you fucks with Sprite. That's just how it works. Right? Black, hip-hop, basketball, Sprite. Right? Black, hip-hop, Air Jordans, Sprite. That's just how it works. It's simple. It's simple. Stereotypical? Archetypical? Bruv, hey, it's simple. These are all fucking facts, but I digress. I was like, fam, please, don't sodomize me. I'll pull up to your crib, right? Just don't fucking quaalude my swag. Don't Bill Cosby me. <laughs> hey, bruv, yo, these niggas, yo, 
bruv, back in the days, back in the days, my niggas used to be super libidinous. Pussy all over your face. Pussy all over your face. Aibo. All these niggas wanted in their fucking lives was to get their dicks wet. That's it. My niggas, my niggas didn't give a fuck about school. My niggas didn't give a fuck about their fucking mothers. My niggas didn't give a fuck about their pets. All these niggas wanted was pussy. They didn't give a fuck about love. Not, none of that. None of that. These niggas just wanted to fuck. And bruv, hey, please note, okay? We were 14. Bruv, hey, we were 14. Now granted... Some of my friends were old as fuck. Okay, bruv? When I was 14, some of my friends at school, bruv, yo, them niggas were fucking 18 or some shit. Bruv, yo, one of my dogs was 19. I was like, bruv, get a job. Start a family. Legit, bruv, become a stand-up dude. Contribute to the fucking economy positively. How about become a producer? How about that? Produce some shit. Stop consuming shit. Niggas were 18. Right? While the rest of us, the rest of us were kids. Chilling in the fucking class. I was like, bruv, yo, am I, am I in the fucking special needs section? What's going on? And my teacher be like, nah, Maui, hey, Maui, you are fucking intelligent. You are one of the best fucking students in Gauteng. And I was like, for real? Legit? And my teacher be like, Bruh, bruh, you are fucking bright. Bruh, you are the one. Bruh, you are Neo. Bruh, the Matrix. Right? Bruh, all I had back in the days was Afrofuturism until today. This fucking newspaper. I'm sorry, Janelle, but I digress. Right? I fucking digress, bruh. I never trusted some of these niggas, bruh. Especially this fucking guy who invited me to his crib. I never trusted my dogs, bruv. These niggas, nah, these niggas, nah. Nah, my niggas were funny. My niggas were funny. However, them niggas, nah. I them niggas were wild them niggas were unpredictable them niggas were unreliable right i didn't trust them niggas i didn't they were my dogs but i didn't trust them right but it's all good so i pulled up to my dog's crib and my dog was like brah Bruh, switch on the fucking computer over there, bruv. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, fam, I have multiple terabytes of porn. And I was like, uh, okay. Like, you mean like Emmanuel? 
right? This is me, bruv. I was so fucking innocent. I was out there thinking about softcore shit, right? I was thinking about softcore porn, right? The type of shit that used to pop up on ETV. My nigga was like, nah, nah, you are gonna see cock and balls. <laughs> hey, hey, my dog was like, bruv, you are gonna see cock and balls. And I was like, fam, so, so, so what's. I was like, bruv, hey, so. <laughs> so, bruv, what's gonna happen here? I was like, wait, hold up, pull up, wait. Hey, you, wait, what, huh? You invited me here to show me all of this fucking porn? My nigga was like, bruv, I've got multiple terabytes of porn. <sighs> bruv, I looked at my nigga like, bruh, are you okay? I was like, fam, hey, hey, you need therapy. <laughs> okay, bruv? This nigga, bruv, this nigga had every porno movie you could ever think of. This nigga had them all. This nigga, bruv, yo, he had Pinky Galore. I was like, bro, what's going on? He had Pinky Galore. <laughs> okay, bruv? I was out there like, fam, hey, I was stunned. I was like, bruv, what the fuck am I supposed to do with all of this information? Like, bruv, hey, what am I to do? What am I, bruv, what am I, hey, I was like, bruv, yo, yo, what was supposed to happen here? Like, bruv, hey, were we supposed to just fucking, you know, jerk off together? Whilst watching this shit. Like, bruv, what was supposed to happen? I was confused. I was lost in the fucking sauce. Are you naked? I was like, bruv, hey, you need psychiatric help. Okay, bruv? You are carrying a lot of trauma. Okay, fam? Your brain has a lot of scars in it. I was like, bruv, hey... I want to play video games and watch Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. And and what? Hey, you are talking about, bruv, you niggas. Hey, I was like, fam, you are telling me about, what the fuck? I was like, bruv, hey, I want to watch cartoons. Okay? I want to read comic books. Hell, bruv, I want to do my homework. Okay? And you niggas, bruv, you mother... Hey, fam, you, you want us to fucking jerk off? You want us to watch porn? Number one, hey, jerking off together in the same room is gay. How about that? Okay? That's number one. Number two, we are not white. Okay, bruv? Hey, fam, two quote-unquote straight boys jerking off together to the same jerk-off material in one room or in the same room. Bruv, that's some white boy shit. Okay, bruv? Black dudes don't do that. Bruv, I am not a member of the fucking Beatles. I am not a Beatle. Okay, bruv? I'm not about, I'm not about to spill my fucking Beetlejuice, my nigga. 
Okay, fam? Hey, how about I'd like to keep my fucking Beetlejuice inside of my fucking nuts? How about that? <laughs> how about that? Huh? What? Hey, nigga, nah. I'm not about to spill over here. The fuck? The fuck are we talking about? Bro, I'm not about to spill over here. What? You crazy? Niggas, bruv, hey, hey, black dudes, black dudes have a lot of problems. Legit. Black dudes have a lot of problems. And bruv, yo, their fucking problems, or let me just say our problems, you know? I can just fucking generalize even though I ain't got problems, you know what I mean? I can just fucking generalize. Even though I'm good. Black dudes have a lot of problems, and bruv, most of our problems start early. All fucking facts, bruv. Fam, when this nigga showed me all of that porn, I was like, number one, what happened to Max Payne? <laughs> I was like, hey, hey bruv, yeah, I, I can see all of that fucking ass, but what happened to Hitman? Hey, bruv, what happened to FIFA? Like, what happened to all of those dope games you had? What happened to Street Fighter? What happened? I'm fu I'm confused. Right? I was like, bruv, hey, this is problematic. Okay, fam? I was like, bruv, hey, where the fuck are the games? That's number one. Number two, number two, I saw a glimpse into the future. See, bruv? I've always been an Afro-futurist. Okay, bruv? Hey, fam. Hell, I was just standing there, right? In my fucking Afro-futurist glory. And I was like, bruv, nah. I don't fuck with your computer, bruv. Legit. I was like, fam, nah, 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 nah. I don't fuck with you and your fucking dirty-ass computer, bruv. Yo, it was legit Afro-futurist versus dirty computer. Legit. All fucking facts, bruv. Yo, I wanted to break this nigga's computer. It was dirty. Like, bruv, hey, this nigga had a dirty-ass computer. Afrofuturist versus dirty computer, bruv. All fucking facts. Bruv, yo, I'm an Afrofuturist. Right? Or at least I was. Right? Until this happened. Until that happened, right? But bruv, you know what they say, bruv? Right? If ever you're gonna go out, <laughs> please make sure that you go out with a bang. Right? Right? Go out with the bang. This is my bang. <laughs> go out with the bang. <laughs> That's my bang. Okay, bruv? I'm no longer an Afrofuturist. I no longer qualify, right, to call myself an Afrofuturist because I interacted with a physical newspaper. Right? Shame on me. How about, how about drag me to a fucking town square and just crucify me? How about that? Kill me. I don't care, bruv. It's over. Right? It's over.
And my fucking timing is off because the queen, the greatest Afrofuturist of all time, has fucking dropped her Bible. The memory librarian and other stories of dirty computer. Brother, I have a lot of stories of dirty computer. Jay, when my nigga showed me all of that porn, bruv, I saw a glimpse into the future, and I was like, bruv, yo, this shit, this shit is not gonna end well, right? This technology shit, bruv, this computer shit is not gonna end well, bruv, and I was right. Because, of course, you know, I'm an Afrofuturist. I saw into the fucking future. The jet. Right? Afrofuturist versus dirty computer, bruv. I don't fuck with dirty computers. Okay? I don't fuck, bruv. I don't fuck with dirty computers. Legit. Don't piss me off, bruv. Dirty computer walking by. If you look closer, you'll recognize. That special, I'm broken time Crashing slowly, the bugs are in me Yo, yo, I got a pet peeve. Fam, yo, I have a major technological pet peeve. Bruv, hey, I don't fuck with messy ass desktops. Bruv, how about, how about clear all of that shit up? How about that? How about that? How about, how about put all of that shit? In files. How about that? Create folders. How about that? Upload some of that shit on the cloud. How about that? 
I don't fuck with messy desktops, bruv. Yo, do, hey, better, do, do, better, hey, whoa, do, better, who, do, better, who, do, better, do, better, who, do, better, hey, do, better! How about that? Do better! Niggas have a lot of gunk on their fucking desktops. Just add something. Just add value. Motherfuckers have a bunch of random videos, a bunch of random pictures, a bunch of random games, a bunch of random apps, a bunch of random folders. I don't fuck. With messy desk tops. Okay, bruv? I'm in the fucking third world. And evidently, I have, I have first world problems. Okay? Bruv, yo, I was out here reading a newspaper because shit is getting expensive. Right? The cost of, the cost of being technologically advanced... It's getting, it's getting way, way too much for me, bruv. The jab, the cost of being me is too high. Right? The cost, bruv, yo, 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 I have, yo, bruv, I have, I have a fucking bone to pick with the core group, the company behind the iStore. The core group is wildin' in South Africa, bruv. Because South Africa doesn't have an Apple store, right? We have something called the iStore. The iStore is nothing but an authorized Apple products distributor. That's it, right? These motherfuckers have a fucking monopoly on Apple products in South Africa. They distribute to everybody, right? They distribute to all of these fucking ISPs. They distribute to Telcom, MTN, Vodacom, everybody, right? You can't get an iPhone in South Africa without the core group, right? They are basically the fucking mafia. All fucking facts. They are the Apple mafia. These niggas, bruv, yo, listen... These niggas are getting greedier by the day, right? And then they have the fucking nerve to blame COVID and inflation, right? On their fucking ludicrous prices. I mean, fam, hey, the iPhone 14 Pro Max in South Africa is... 41,500. I mean, come on, bro. Oh, what are we talking about here, bro? Hello, South Africa. I'm looking at the fucking currency exchange. And bruv, as I'm recording this shit, 
right? In real time. 41,500 is 2,345 US dollars. I repeat, 41,500 rands, right? Zars. 41,500 South African rands is the equivalent of 2,345 U.S. dollars. Bruv, one iPhone in South Africa, one iPhone 14 Pro Max in South Africa is the equivalent of two iPhone 14 Pro Maxes in America. I mean, I mean, bruv, yo, this is, it's, it's, nah, it's getting absurd, right? <laughs> it's getting absurd. Hey, bruv, yo, at this rate, we won't be able to afford Apple products anymore, right? All we got is this. All we got is paper. Bruv, yo, at this rate, we are going back to this. We are going back to paper. Legit! Because these prices, bruv, this shit is getting absurd. No, bruv, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. When this shit comes out, maybe, maybe my iPhone 14 will be in my hand. Right? My iPhone 14 Pro Max. Ha. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe as you are listening to this shit. I already have my iPhone 14 Pro Max, right? Maybe! However, I'm fighting. I'm fighting for the low guy. Okay, bro? I'm, fi I'm fighting for the low man's in society. Okay, bro? I'm, fi I'm fighting for the small dude. I'm, I'm fighting for the fucking leprechauns. I'm fighting for the fucking dwarves. I'm fighting for the fucking tokoloshis in community. In society. <laughs> in community, you know. Same shit pretty much, right? In community. Right? I'm fighting for the little tokoloshis in community of property. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, but it's funny. It's funny. Right? Bruv, yo, hey, I'm fighting for the law guy, bruv. Yo, what's more offensive, right? What's more offensive than a famous person pulling up saying, yo, listen, I'm fighting for the law guy. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm using my platform to defend the law man. Right? I'm using my platform. To defend the ordinary Joe. Bruh, yo, that has to be one of the most offensive and degrading things anybody can ever say. I'm defending the low man in society. What the fuck? What does that mean? Like, you know, listen, I get, listen, I, I get it. Right? I understand what it means, but... What the fuck does it mean? Like, you know... That is so bruv. Yo, that shit right there... 
is the definition of as holy. Saying you are fighting for the low person in society is the most as holy thing you can ever say, bruv. Legit, right? If you say some shit like that, bruv, you are an asshole. Now, granted, I just said it, right? But, bruv, I'm a comedian. I'm joking. I'm joking, okay? I'm joking, even though I'm fighting for the little man. <laughs> I'm joking. It's a joke. That shit is crazy, bruv. Fam, yo, hey, hey, maybe, maybe. As you are listening to this shit, I already have my iPhone 14 Pro Max and dun dun. Right? With the fucking dynamic island, maybe. I don't know, maybe. Right? The phone launched on on Friday in South Africa. Right? As you are listening to this shit, Friday is in the past. Okay? Friday is three days ago when this shit comes out. Right? However, hey, hey, bro, in my time, in the real world, my nigga, listen, hey, maybe, maybe I got it three days ago. Who knows? Maybe I got it on release day. Who the fuck knows? Nobody knows, bro. Hey, I don't even know. Right? And right now, I'm on some back to the future type shit. I don't even know. Right, bro? I don't even know, bruv. And therein lies the lesson. In order for you to know where you are going, <laughs> you have to you have to go back. Right? You have to look back. You have to know your past. Right? You are listening to this shit. Hey, in the future, and I'm with you right now. I'm with you right now. I'm in the future, but also I'm in the past. Right? And also, also, in my time, I got my phone or not in the future. However, however, as you are listening to this shit, I got my phone in the past. You feel me? In my time, it's in the future still. But I'm with you right now. <laughs> it's in my past. Bruv, God damn it. God damn it. Am I fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson, bruv? Like, fam, like, yo, who am I morphing into, bruv? Like, who am I becoming, bruv? Huh? I'm becoming the big man in society. Right? I want to play with the big boys because I want to bamba. Legit, bruv, yo, yo, ice store prices are getting out of hand. Okay? I say all of that shit to say this, bruv. Ice store prices are getting out of hand. I saw people complaining. Right? And bruv, yo, listen, yo, I don't want to lie to you, motherfuckers. When I saw some of you niggas complaining, I was like, you know, you niggas, yeah. Listen, you guys are not the target market. When I saw you niggas complaining, okay, I was like, bruv, hey, hey, you shouldn't be out here wanting an iPhone 14 Pro Max because you are not a fucking creator, nor are you creative, Right? Bruv, hey, creators 
need these fucking phones because we take pictures, we record audio, we edit shit, we publish shit. We are always creating, we are always making shit. Now, bruv, when I saw a few niggas, you know what I mean, who just, right? <laughs> when I saw a few niggas who are like waiters, right, complaining about the prices, I was like, bruv, bruv hey, your job, your job doesn't need you to carry an iPhone 14 Pro Max. Right? Bruv, you are a waiter. You wait tables. Now, bruv, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. We are all hustling. All I'm saying is, you don't need a phone that powerful. Right? And if I have it already, hey, you don't need a phone this powerful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? You don't. These are all fucking facts. You don't. <laughs> I'm a fucking asshole. Listen, hey, I'm a comedian. Okay? I'm a fucking comedian, bro. Let me be. Allow me to cook. Allow me to deliver the funnies. Legit, don't try to fucking neutralize my voice, my nigga. Legit, bro. I saw those fucking prices, and I saw you niggas complaining about these prices. And I was like, but brah, brah, come on, you know. The phone is not for you. The phone is not for you. You, you should be on this. The phone, hey, the phone, hey. Le phone accès à copoy. You should be on this. Right? When I saw some of you niggas complaining, I was like, right? Play with paper! How about read a book? How about, bruv, hey, buy a fucking, hey, buy the fucking Sunday world. Buy the Daily Sun, boy. Legit. Buy the Daily Sun, boy. Right? Mosaka Wola is not for you. Mosakaola is on Twitter. Oh my god, now he's no longer on Twitter. He got suspended or some shit. What's going on over there? Where it is Mosakaola allegedly? Right? Hey bruv, hey, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh yeah. Obviously. <sighs> allegedly. Allegedly he killed his ex-boyfriend? Or some shit. What's, what's going on over there, bruv? And where it is, Musakaola published a fucking video or or picture of Lulo Cafe taking a bath or some shit. I didn't see the picture, right? But allegedly, allegedly, Musakaola posted an image of Lulo Cafe naked, which resulted, right? Into his account being suspended. Bruv, what's going on over there? Mosakaola, hey, Sega Hamba Makotina, my case. I was like, bruv, what's going on? What's happening? Isn't he a fucking journalist in air quotes? Like, what? Yeah, you know, Mosakaola is, you know, he's into fucking gossip and. You know, and paparazzi TMZ type shit, right? That's what he does. He's a funny dude. And I call him the grapevine. Right? He's the grapevine. But, bruv, yo, something weird is going on over there. 
right? Some niggas posted a picture of him looking all dirty and shit. I was like, yo, Musakawala Sele Boza. No maini, Boza, yam. No maini. No maini, Michali. No maini. I'm fired. I'm Michali. I'm fired. No maini, Bonang Light. No maini. No maini, Sarafina. No maini. Right? I was like, what was happening, bruv? Allegedly! Allegedly, Musa Kaula is a killer. Allegedly. What's the fuck, bro? Like, dude, what's going on in South Africa, bruv? Everything is handing in. Right? Our deputy president wants the president out. David Mabuza wants Cyril Ramaphosa out. What's going on, bruv? fuck is handing in bruv like fam hey everything is happening at the same damn time you know it's silly right and where it is there's a strong push for the ruling party to elect its first female secretary general and y'all but you know do y'all you know like you know like what the fuck is this dude the deputy president has raised his hand to unseat Ramaphosa. The cat. Who's the cat? The cat believes his loyalty to the president has been betrayed. Bruv, yo, David Mabuza is the cat? Is that his nickname? He's the cat? David the cat Mabuza? Hey, bruv, who, who are these niggas, bruv? <laughs> Like, dude, hey, hey, who's leading us, South Africa? Who the fuck are these niggas? David the Cat Mabuza. Who the f- South Africa, what are we doing? Is South Africa, bruv, are we a sovereign state? Like, who are we? What's going on, bruv? Yo, yo, dude, yo, this fucking newspaper, dude. I'm just, yo, nigga, yo, I'm surrounded by paper. Okay, I just have paper everywhere. Like, I'm stepping on paper. What fucking paper? I'm paper everywhere, bruv. Fuck, I'm no longer an Afrofuturist. Fuck! Fuck, man. The, listen, bruv, the ice store has fucked me. Okay? The ice store has fucked me or not, right? Maybe as you're listening to this, like on my phone, but who knows? <sighs> who the fuck are these niggas? South Africa. Hmm? Who are these people, South Africa? What's going on? What's going on? Huh? South Africa, what, like, what? Well, what's going on over here, bruv? Hmm? I mean, I mean, yo, the Rainbow Nation is just going off of the fucking rails. Legit. Right? We're going off the rails. We have lost our way. The Rainbow Nation. I mean, bruv, hey, we are fucked. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is... Yo, yo, hey, what the fuck is this? I'm looking... Bruv, hey, I'm now looking at a picture... Of a bunch of women, right? Five women. That's a bunch, right? <laughs> right? Hey, bruv, when we are talking about women math, five is a bunch. 
You thought I was feeling you? No. That nigga munch. Nigga, either he ate it for lunch. Bitch on my body, I get what I want. Like, you thought I was feeling you? No, I was feeling you. That nigga munch. Nigga, either he ate it for lunch. Bitch on my body, I get what I want. Like, bitch say balance, keep it a bean. Know they be mad, I be on the scene. Ask too fat, can't fit in a jean. Use my steps, but it's not what it seems. I got that ready, I'm keeping it clean. Fucking with niggas that's toting a bean. Saying you love me, but what do you mean? Pretty ass fucking me like that I'm mean. Baddest bitch, how you shitting me? If you ain't a body, can't sit with me. I swear that these bitches my mini me. Five women chilling together, hovering over food. It is too much. Right? It's a fucking bunch. It's a bunch of women. It's too much. Right? Too much femininity, bruv. Too much female energy. Okay? It's too much. Bruv, I'm looking at a picture of five chicks. Right? Rocking. (laughs) The fuck is this, bruv? Bruv, hey, these girls look like the fucking Power Rangers. What, what, what is this, fam? These girls are rocking like, you know, monocolor type shit, right? Like meaning one is rocking all yellow, right? It's monochrome, right? One is rocking all yellow. One is rocking all pink. One is rocking all blue. One is rocking all green, and one is rocking all purple, right? And they are carrying baskets that are also colored in the color of their clothes. And everything in those baskets is in the color of their outfit. So the girl in purple is carrying a purple basket, and that basket has a bunch of purple shit in it. What? What? And they call this shit a rainbow picnic? <sighs> Bruh. I, I, you know? Hey, 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 ladies, how about creativity? Please, please, man, please, 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 please. Yeah? They call this shit a rainbow picnic. Bruh, hey, make it stop. Please. Like, nah, 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 nah. No, no, no. And I've been seeing these pictures all over the place, bruh. Make it stop. These fucking picnics gotta go. These picnics have to fucking go. And motherfuckers be like, but Maui, yo, black women are having fun. Allow black women to have fun. It's black girl magic. No, it's not. It's black girl tragic. Okay, bruv? Uh-uh. 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 No. Na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na. Mm-mm. No. Bruh. Yo. We- huh? The rainbow picnic? Bruv, hey, do these bitches know that Vladimir Putin... (laughs) Bruv, do they know that Vladimir Putin has called up 300,000 soldiers to go fight in Ukraine? Do these motherfuckers know that? Matthew Chance is out front live in London And Matthew, obviously, you've spent so much time on the ground reporting from Moscow as well as Ukraine. 
What more are you learning now about those trying to avoid what appears to be a mass mobilization in Russia? Yeah, it, it does. What well, first thing I can tell you is that, is that I've not seen people in Russia so alarmed, people I've spoken to as alarmed as this in recent years, as the sort of levels of anxiety they're, they're expressing right now. Thousands of them, we've seen the images, are still struggling to get out of the country, uh, to avoid being pressed into military service in what the Kremlin calls its partial mobilization. And so that's happening still now as we speak tonight. Having said that, though, there are many thousands of people that are being called up and are heeding that Kremlin call to arms. <laughs> In the darkness, Russian men being wrenched away to fight. <laughs> These are heartbreaking scenes from Dagestan in southern Russia, where wives and mothers, hoping for a last glimpse of loved ones, are wailing in despair. <laughs> the Kremlin says this is just a partial mobilization, but rights activists tell CNN ethnic minorities in remote regions of Russia are being disproportionately called up, one way, perhaps, of hiding the impact. Across the entire country, though, an eruption of anger at Putin's forced mobilizations has seen distraught protesters risking jail, even direct conscription into the ranks, to speak out. People here are simply terrified of loved ones being sent to kill or be killed in Ukraine. I've got two kids of conscription age, says this protester in Moscow. I brought them up alone and I don't want to lose them, she cries. And for what, asks her friend? Just so they can kill the sons of other mothers, she answers. There are growing concerns too. The Kremlin is violating its own pledge that only reservists with military experience will be called up. But men like Artyom, a coal miner in Siberia who recorded himself on the military bus taking him away, insists he's never served, but was officially summoned, like many other workers, to join up during his shift. I just didn't know what to do, he says. And thousands of Russian men of fighting age are now desperate to avoid that fate, cramming into trains like this one to neighboring Kazakhstan or driving to the nearest border crossing. Cheap flights have quickly sold out. Everyone is on the run from Russia, this man's voice says, amid endless cars now making for the exits. Escaping the trauma of being sent to Putin's war. Right, well, Erin, there's more controversy tonight in uh, Russia, as you was referring to, about exactly how many people are going to be called up in this mobilisation. It's not just Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine saying it's a million. Local media in Russia is quoting their sources, saying that that's the figure they've been told as well. The Kremlin says that's lies, but we will see.
Right. Thank you very much, Matthew Chance. Powerful piece. And now Christo Groza joins me, executive director and lead Russia investigator at Bellingcat, uh, which has uncovered so much of, of the truth of what's happening here in Putin's war, and retired Army Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, the former commanding general for Europe and the Seventh Army. Thanks to both of you. So, so Christo, just watching that, that powerful piece by Matthew Chance, um, you know, we hear that there's disproportionate call-up of certain ethnic minorities. Clearly, the numbers don't seem to be 300,000 reservists. Uh, and the Russian state media themselves are saying one million. What more are you learning is really happening with the mobilization? Well, one thing that we see is the indeed the disproportionate recruitment of people that are from ethnic minorities. We see that if we take the average of Moscow being, uh, what we have evidence is about 30,000 people will be called up in this wave of mobilization in Moscow. That's about 1% of the stated 300,000. But if you look at what percentage of the people are being called up in in Buryatia or Dagestan, that's about five times more than in Moscow. Yet part of that can be explained with the fact that because of the poor nature of those regions, a lot more people have a sort of prior military experience on contract service because they needed a job. But in any case, this, this leads to a disproportionate attack on minorities in terms of who's going to die in the first wave of, of this mobilization. And the second thing uh, we're finding is obviously the complete randomness and chaos of the recruitment process, the mobilization process. Clearly, this was not something that was prepared well. I mean, we can account for a lot of incompetence in the Russian army based on what we saw in the first uh, six, seven, seven months of the war. But this is really incompetent. They're bringing in people who are, one person was 63 years old and he was brought in to be mobilized, clearly outside of any range of, of uh, being allowed by law. Somebody who had uh, body damage, somebody who had uh, a missing limb was recruited or attempted to mobilize. So clearly they had some incomplete random information, which leads to a conclusion that Putin did not really prepare for this mobilization. Now, this mobilization, as you can see, as Matthew said, is causing a major social explosion. And Putin was doing everything possible to avoid that. But what, that's what, what he has. That's what he has. And I think those words are powerful, social explosion. General Hurtling, you know, it seems to, to indicate that, that Putin did this quickly. He did it with his back against a wall. Clearly, they're not prepared, right? There's this is, I mean, the, the images that are coming in of how they're mobilizing and where they're sleeping and everything are, this is insane. No, no professional would do it this way. It comes as uh, we're hearing more and more threats of nukes from Putin. And the CNN is reporting that the U.S. has privately urged Russia not to use nukes. Does that warning mean anything? It does. Uh, Aaron, if I may, I'll, I'll comment on what Mr. Grosseff just said first. Yep. You used the words chaotic, dysfunctional, insane. And I will say, have we not heard all three of those words in what Mr. Putin and his military have done so far in this campaign? It's a recurring theme. Watching these pictures is just, it's unbelievable to me. Uh, I knew it was going to be bad. Again, I'm going to say we didn't know it was going to be this bad. This is horrific. One of two, two lessons I learned as a soldier, uh, Aaron, there was a time uh, when our unit was uh, asked to stay three months longer in, in Iraq. I was sent back to Germany to talk to the spouses and the family members of the soldiers that had to stay beyond their 12-month tour. It was horrible for me to do it, but it was something that I learned very early on. Don't ever piss off wives or mothers. What Putin has done is pissed off 300,000 wives or mothers. This is not going to end well. The whole threat of nuclear weapons, uh, you know, that's something that has to be addressed because it is horrific to even 
threatened to use those weapons. And I think yeah. the administration is handling that in the right way to issue warnings, deterrent, and, and say maybe some nuanced approaches on what might happen if Mr. Putin decides to do another insane thing. experienced great upheaval. Growing crisis in food insecurity, record heat, floods and droughts, COVID-19, inflation, and a brutal, needless war. A war chosen by one man, to be very blunt. Let us speak plainly. A permanent member of the United Nations Security Council invaded its neighbor attempted to erase a sovereign state from the map. Russia has shamelessly violated the core tenets of the United Nations Charter. No more important than the clear prohibition against countries taking the territory of their neighbor by force. Again, just today, President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. Now, Russia is calling, calling up more soldiers to join the fight, and the Kremlin is organizing a sham referenda to try to annex parts of Ukraine, an extremely <coughs> significant violation of the UN Charter. This world should see these outrageous acts for what they are. Putin claims he had to act because Russia was threatened. But no one threatened Russia. And no one other than Russia sought conflict. In fact, we warned it was coming. And with many of you, we worked to try to avert it. A cornucopia of truths. Do these bitches know that Vladimir Putin is threatening the world with nuclear war? Do they know that? Do these fucking rainbow picnic bitches understand that there's no time to play dress up? There's no time to fuck around. I get it. I get it. The fucking world is rooted in theater. Right? Everybody's acting. Everybody's rocking a mask. Right? Everybody's playing a fucking role. I get it. 
However, do they understand that there's no time to fuck around. There's no time to play around. Legit, bro. Evidently, they don't. Evidently, these rainbow picnic bitches don't understand what the fuck we are dealing with. They don't understand the gravity of what's happening in Eastern Europe. They don't get it. Motherfuckers are out here playing dress up. Imagine, bruv. Yo, imagine matching with a basket. Hey, hey, bruv. What the fuck are we doing, bruv? Hey, imagine matching with a fucking basket. Or, or imagine matching with the contents inside of a picnic basket. I, I, I mean, hey, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? What are we doing? Bruv, yo, rappers, rappers used to match their fucking caps with their shoes, right? Their fucking belts with their sneakers. These days, we've got bitches matching their entire fucking garb with, with food. Bruv, hey, imagine, imagine rocking a jacket just to match with a fucking biscuit box. What are we doing? Bitches are now matching with chocolate wrappers. I mean, bruv, hey, we need to do better. There's no time to fuck around. There's no time to fuck around. Vladimir Putin is wildin'. Do these bitches understand what Vladimir Putin is talking about when he's out here making threats to the Ukraine and to NATO? Right? He's threatening NATO. Do these bitches understand what, what we are talking about? Do they understand what we are dealing with? Evidently, they don't. Evidently, they don't. I mean, bruv, these fucking bitches, IQ, I mean, I mean, let's just keep it a buck. Right? If you are a woman who attends rainbow picnics, I mean, bruv, hey, do you even have an IQ? I mean, bruv, hey, can you even think? Do you even have a brain? What's, what's going on, bruv? What's going on? Too many fads. You feel me, bruv? Everybody wants to trend. Right? Everybody wants to go viral. It's silly. We live in a silly fucking time. Everybody wants to go viral. Niggas be out here documenting their fucking picnics. Like, oh, oh, look at me rocking all yellow. Oh, and by the way, I'm matching with my yellow fucking basket. And oh, huh, just when you think, just when you think that I look crazy, listen, it gets crazier. Because I'm also matching with the food inside of the fucking basket. What the fuck are we doing, bruv? What the fuck? Hey, bruv. Yo, what's humanity up to? What the fuck are we up to, bruv? What are we doing? What's our purpose on this fucking planet? Huh? I mean, bruv. Yo, we have people cooking with NyQuil. Motherfuckers, bruv. Motherfuckers are cooking chicken in NyQuil. I mean, hey. Hey, motherfuckers. Have the fucking FDA scrambling. Right? Trying to warn motherfuckers that yo, bruv, hey, it's not a good idea. 
to fry your fucking chicken in medicine. Hey, bruv, you are cooking chicken in cough syrup. I mean, bruv, hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? Bruv, according to the FDA, right? Simply heating up the medication, you are putting yourself at risk due to the harmful vapors that are emitted by the fucking medicine. What are you niggas doing on TikTok? Bruv, stop cooking your chicken in NyQuil. I'm, I mean, I mean, bruv, yo, the fact that, the fact that I'm out here saying that just proves how crazy of a time we are living in. The fact that as a grown 30-year-old man in the middle of South Africa, right? The fact that I'm over here broadcasting to the world. Hey, broadcasting to the world, communicating with other adults around the world, right? Transmitting a message, a message of caution. About cooking food in NyQuil. Hey, hey, the fact that I'm over here telling people, telling grown-ups, right? Motherfuckers with, with fully developed brains. Telling motherfuckers to stop cooking their food in NyQuil. Bruv, what? the fact that, the fact that I'm over here saying that. The fact that I'm over here... Trying to fucking deliver this message to whoever the fuck is listening to this shit, bruv. Hey, just proves that, that we are living, bruv. Hey, this is hell. Do you niggas understand that this shit right here is hell? Like, bruv, hey, do you niggas understand that this is hell, bruv? We live in a hellscape. What the fuck did we do in our past life? To deserve this shit, bruv. Motherfuckers are cooking chicken in NyQuil. And niggas are documenting it. Oh, this shit is all over TikTok. It's a challenge now. Right? The fucking cook chicken and NyQuil challenge. I mean, bruv, what are we talking about? What's going on, bruv? It's a challenge. Cooking chicken in NyQuil is a TikTok challenge. I mean, bruv, hey, what are we doing here? Still I ask. Somebody please call my dog. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Maybe he has the fucking answers. Legit, bruv, somebody please call Sway. Right? Maybe Sway, maybe Sway attended a few classes. Right? Maybe Sway started reading a few things. Maybe he bought himself a couple of books. Who knows? Right? Maybe Sway, maybe Sway is now a fucking, you know, PhD holder. Who the fuck, bruv, who the fuck knows? Maybe Sway. Right? Maybe Sway just just improved upon himself. Right? Maybe Sway, bruv, hey, maybe Sway is now a better human being. Maybe Sway now has the fucking answers. Who knows? Who knows, bruv? 
All I know is, all I know is, we are fucked as a species. Legit. We are fucked. Keep your fucking head on a swivel. I mean, bruv, yo, we are fucking embarrassing. Legit. Human beings are fucking embarrassing, bruv. I mean, I mean, bruv, yo, Ime Udoka. I mean, hey, bruv, the fuck are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? You know, like, hey, 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 bruv, the fuck, the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? What the fuck is Ime Udoka doing? This fucking guy had a whole fucking relationship, a consensual relationship, by the way, with a female member of the Celtics staff. The Boston Celtics. Bruv, hey, Ime Udoka is married to Nia Long. Embarrassing. Right? This fucking guy embarrassed Nia Long. This nigga, bruv, hey fam, fam, listen. Black coaches are finding it difficult to break through these fucking organizations. Right? It's difficult for black dudes to break through in the fucking NBA. Right? In the fucking NFL. In the fucking MLB. It's difficult for niggas to break through in the fucking Premier League. In the MLS. It's difficult. It's fucking difficult. Right? And then. And then when niggas. When niggas finally break through. When niggas finally get the shot. To hold it down. For our fucking people. They start. They start fucking around. They start fucking the help. I mean bruv. Hey. What the fuck bruv. What the fuck is going on can we just can we just be professional for once oh black people can we just can we just can we just learn to be professional can we can we do that can we be professional how about how about we need to stop being libidinous we can't just bruv, hey niggas we can't be out here trying to fuck everything that moves I mean, bruv, Ime Udoka already has Nia Long, my nigga. Hey, how about do better? And listen, bruv, I'm not one of these motherfucking simps all over social media talking about, oh, oh, how could one, how could one cheat on Nia Long? I'm not one of those people. Okay? I'm not one of those people. All I'm saying is, Nia Long is a good person. Nia Long is a good woman, bruv. And what, she, she's not enough? I mean, I, I don't get it. This fucking guy has a whole child with Nia Long. I, I, mean, I mean, hey, hey, we need to do better as black dudes. We need to do better. Niggas, do better. You motherfuckers, bruv. Yo, you niggas are still out here cheating in 2022? I mean, bruv, hey, come on. Legit, bruv, come on, bruv. We need to do better. Adam Levine, what the fuck are you doing, bruv? The fuck is Adam Levine doing? This nigga, bruv, you see what happens? This is what happens, right? When you get a bunch of tattoos, right? When you get a bunch of tattoos, when you are a fucking family man, 
Right? Niggas be out here, bruv. Niggas be out here going through midlife crisis and shit like that. Like, bruv, hey, fam, you have a family. Okay? How about, how about focus on your family? Niggas get a bunch of tattoos and then they start behaving like Jesse Lingard. Nigga gets a bunch of tattoos and then he starts behaving like Lil Wayne. My nigga, Adam Levine, listen, you are 43 years old. You are 43. And you are out here flirting with a bunch of young chicks on fucking Instagram. I mean, bruv, hey. You are 40. Okay? You are 40 plus, my nigga. Do better, my nigga. You are 43. Bruv, what's up with these niggas, bruv? Adam Levine. Bruv, everybody thought that Adam Levine was different. Everybody thought that Adam Levine was a good guy. But now, bruv, we were all wrong. This fucking guy, bruv, nah, yo, he's a fucking dog. He's a dog like the rest of them. I have fun on my chance, boy. Right? I have fun on my chance. Listen, bro, I'm different. I'm different. I don't do this shit. However, I have fun on my chance, man. Evidently. Evidently, bro. Evidently. These niggas have everything. They have everything. They have fame. They have money. They have family. Right? They have it all. But evidently, it's not enough. This is what I always talk about. Right? This is what I always talk about. If you are not happy, where well, not yourself. Right? If you are not content with who you are, you'll never be content. You'll never be happy with anything else. Right? Niggas be out here going, yo, now nah, money will make me happy. And then they get the money and they become sadder. Right? They become, bruv, hey, they become more upset. Motherfuckers, yo, motherfuckers start talking about anxiety and depression. Motherfuckers, I be like, bruv, hey, I thought, I thought you said the money will take away the pain. I thought that, hey, bruv, I thought that, hey, the money will make everything better. Isn't that what you said before you got the money? Isn't that what you said? You said, I remember you saying, the money, the money will, will make everything better. Now look at you, bruv. You have all the money in the world. Why aren't you happy? Bruv, if you are not happy, where? Not yourself. Nothing will ever make you happy. Okay, bruv? If you are not happy without something, you'll never be happy with it. That's just how life works. You motherfuckers, bruv. Niggas be flirting. Imagine me, Maui Mau, at the age of 43. Flirting with a bunch of fucking teenagers. Flirting with a bunch of fucking 20-year-olds. On Instagram. The fuck? What? Nigga, I'm 30. I don't do that shit. I don't do that. I have a wife, my nigga. I have a family. I'm happy. I'm happy with what I got. Because, because I was happy without it. You see that, bruv? I was happy before I got it. 
And now that I have it, nothing, nothing has changed really, right? It's just the fucking cherry on top. You see that right there, bruv? Huh? You see that right there? That's different. These niggas, bruv, you motherfuckers are embarrassing. Legit. You niggas are embarrassing, bruv. This fucking Adam Levine story is wow. However, this email Udoka story, bruv, is, is just... It's fucking upsetting. You know? It's upsetting. This fucking guy was in the finals with the Celtics. Right? He coached the Boston Celtics... All the way to the NBA Finals. There's no NDA involved. You just sat up there and basically told the world, he's ours, but we ain't going to use him. Yeah. And they didn't give parameters you know? of what it would and, take and they, to reinstate they, they gave no parameters of what it would take for reinstatement. They, you know, they, they, they didn't specify what, what punishment they gave him beyond suspending him for the year. Do, is he getting his salary for this upcoming season? Has it been cut in half? I told he's only getting about 50% of it. Has that been cut he in half? He characterized as okay. a significant financial okay. penalty. So, so you've got that going on. And, and I'm going to say this again. It said in the numerous news reports, it was a consensual relationship that violated organizational policy. So only... He is in violation of the company policy. The woman who elected to have a consensual relationship with him is not in violation. He gets to get mentioned and put on front street. We don't know who she is. What about the other women within the Celtics organization who have been victimized because wrong assumptions have been made by their involvement? If you knew exactly who it was, that would alleviate the concerns of all the other women who have had their names paraded out into the streets. What about them? You ain't thinking about that. So, we, so here we are. We're throwing him out to pasture. And again, Ime Yudoka cannot be defended. His actions are his actions. I Nobody fights for black coaches more than me. But I am telling you, a, a, a firing would have been warranted. Or you keep him. But to keep him, yet suspend him, by the way, not just suspend them, but the, for, for the suspension to be indefinite. It's almost it's worse, just, like a lame it's, duck it's, 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 That's what you did. You ruined his, yeah. you ruined his career I, okay. for the next few years. He did it. I he did his action. I think we have but, NBA reporter <laughs> and host of NBA Today, our friend Malika Andrews. Malika, do you have us? I've got you, Molly. Thank you for having I, me. Yeah, thank you for being with us. And obviously, you had the statement from Odoka that was given to you. What's your reaction now after hearing the press conference? Well, uh, Molly, thank you. If I could first start, start with this. Stephen A., with all due respect, this is not about pointing the finger. Stop. What, what became apparent to me in this press conference is that we do not have all of the information here. And it was frustrating to me that the Celtics declined to elaborate or to give more specifics about what exactly the rule-breaking was that led us to this point. So, so that, I just want to get that out of the way first. But to answer your question, Molly, I think what stood ahead. out to me, I, I think what stood out to me is that Brad Stevens, he was upset. That's what stood out to me about what he termed uh, rampant Twitter uh, BS is the word that he used, that women 
were unfairly dragged into this within the Celtics organization. You could see that Brad Stevens was visibly upset about this. And I also found that to be gross and unnecessary, that folks were bringing in the names and the images of women that is just not a fact, that was purely speculation. And so to me, that is what stood out. But the Celtics as an organization could have done more. And short of doing more ahead of this yesterday, they could have owned that responsibility in this press conference. I understand that there were legal parameters that they had to operate within uh, for everybody involved. And I appreciate the fact that they brought in uh, outside counsel and did a thorough organization. And I think that that is something that was clearly uh, necessary in this situation. But the fact that it was able to go on all day, the fact that we are sitting here debating whether somebody else should have been suspended or not, we are not here, Stephen A., to further blame women. That is not why we are here. First of all, let me be very clear. I don't appreciate where you're going with that. I'm not blaming anybody but Ime Udoka. He deserves, the fact of the matter is I've said, he deserved to be fired if they were going to fire him. If you're not going to fire him, then don't fire him. My issue is all of this being publicized. The point that I'm trying to make is just you like you're not mentioning. Excuse, me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I listen to you. You're the one telling me to stop on my show. It ain't happening. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I've already said he deserves to be fired or he deserves what to, to be there and handle it internally and privately. If you're not going to handle it privately, if you're going to publicize it in that fashion, then obviously it provokes everybody wanting to know, okay, well, who are the parties involved? When you have Amina Smith in Boston and other women pointing out the fact that there were women who were wrongly implicated in all of this, it's a disservice to them. I didn't come out with the report about a consensual relationship. I didn't come out with the report ahead of time leaking that we were, they were going to suspend him for the year. They did that. And my point is, considering how pervasive this kind of stuff has, has, has existed in professional sports for many years, my whole point is, is that, excuse me, make sure that you handle it in the same fashion it has always been handled. You could have fired him. And then we could have speculated till the cows come home, but he's gone. But to keep him there, keep him employed, but in the same breath, suspend him for a year, then also that year is indefinite. That is the issue that I have. Nobody's trying to protect Ime Udoka, and certainly nobody is trying to protect, uh, is, to, is to excoriate the women involved or anything like that. I'm talking about how things of this matter are usually handled from an HR perspective, from an organizational perspective. That is not consistent with what we have seen throughout the years. That is the only point that I was trying to make. I'm not trying to attack anybody. And if anybody deserves to be attacked, it's Ime Udoka for putting himself in this position. I've made that very clear. I'm just talking about you got owners and everybody else. They know the kind of stuff that's going on. You didn't say anything about anybody else. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about them. They didn't say anything about everybody else. Mm. All the other times this stuff has happened. But now when it comes to him, it's all over the place. That is my issue.
That is my only issue. I appreciate that, Claire. That he will not coach for them again. Our Adrian Wojnarowski with the story, reporting that Udoka had an intimate relationship with a female member of the franchise's staff, which is a violation of the team's code of conduct. Udoka released his first comments on the issue in a statement saying, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. I'm sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation, and I accept the team's decision. Out of respect for everyone involved, I will have no further comment. And so Woj uh, gets up with us early here from the West Coast. Woj, and obviously this was a story that got so much attention after you broke it yesterday, early in the day. And the question I think so many are asking is, why is this punishment so severe? Well, <clears throat> ultimately, uh, Greeny, Brad Stevens, the Celtics president and ownership, uh, they're going to have to explain that. Uh, they may do that as soon as today. Uh, there, there may be an availability with Brad Stevens. But uh, from, what I'm, from what I'm told, that I think from certainly Brad Stevens' point of view, as the president of the organization and, and certainly the executive who hired Ime Yudoka, that there was a break in, in trust from his perspective with Ime Udoka, um, of judgment. And I think uh, for the Celtics, you know, the, the po very real possibility exists that Udoka never coaches this team again. Not only is this a one-year suspension, but there's no guarantee, and there was no assurance made to Udoka in the last days as they were really negotiating what this would look like, that he would ever be back as coach. They've left it open-ended um, beyond this season. And so uh, it is severe. It is largely unprecedented uh, for a sitting head coach to be facing this scenario short of firing. And that is the question many are asking. Why didn't they just cut ties with Udoka if they were going to go this far with the punishment? Uh, Stevens is going to have to explain that, but there's no question. There are many around the league and many who uh, have believed in Udoka who have thought very highly of him and certainly know the job he did on the court in the last year, um, who do have questions about the severity of it. And again, why didn't Boston just walk away from him entirely? It is worth reminding, I suppose, that in his first season as the head coach of the Celtics, they went all the way to the finals. And as of yesterday morning, they were the betting favorite to win the championship this coming season. We'll see how this impacts all of that. You mentioned Brad Stevens, who, of course, was the coach of the Celtics for several years before moving up to the front office last season. And so many will also ask the question, could he wind up being the coach again at some point this year? Uh, Greeny, my sense is that Brad Stevens's plan and commitment is going to be to support Joe Missoula, who we're told is going to... The Celtics lost, of course, obviously. Golden State won. However, however, what Ime Udoka has done with the Boston Celtics is incredible. And word is, he's not going to lose his job. However, however, this shit is embarrassing. Shame on you, bruv. Shame on you. Niggas, niggas want this job so fucking bad. Like, niggas want to break through, bruv. It's difficult for black coaches. Legit, bruv, it's difficult for black dudes to get coaching jobs in the NBA. And, of course, the NFL. It's difficult, right? 
And then this fucking guy got the opportunity to be a coach. And he's out here fucking it up. I mean, bruv, what are we doing, bruv? We need to do better. We need to do better. Right? This fucking guy fucked a female member of the Celtics staff. Shameful. We live in a crazy time, bruv. This is why, this is why Janelle Monet has dropped the book. Right? Listen to this quote, right? And I quote, of course. Huh. Even when we sleep, we are dreaming. Okay, uh, that, that's obvious. <laughs> when I'm resting and I'm in my dreams, what am I doing? I'm waking up with something. It never ends. End quote. <sighs> what the fuck is Janelle Monet talking about? Even when we sleep, we are dreaming. <laughs> what are we talking about? Hey, hey, dear Afrofuturists all over the world. What the fuck is, is the Honorable Prophet Janelle Monet talking about? What? Huh? Bruv, what, what is this? Even when we sleep, we are dreaming. When I'm resting, I'm in my dreams. What am I doing? Hey, Janelle, Janelle, you are right for asking that question. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm waking up with something, okay? I, it never ends. Bruv, hey. The bullshit never ends. Legit, bruv. The bullshit never ends because we live on planet Earth. All fucking facts. Iran is burning. Iran is burning. All because of the death of a 22-year-old Kurdish woman who fell into a coma after being arrested in Tehran. For wearing an improper hijab. And this has of course sparked multiple protests across Iran. Right? This woman died, bruv. This young woman died. All because she was rocking an improper hijab. You know what, bruv? I'd like to take this moment to say I'm sorry. To all of these uh, rainbow picnic ladies. You know, bruv, listen, I'm not trying to turn South Africa into Iran. I'm not trying to turn Johannesburg into Tehran. I'm sorry. Okay? Your fucking trend is as trash. It's garbage. Right? Your outfits are trash. This whole fucking rainbow picnic shit is trash. However, hey, do you. Do you. Right? I can't be out here moving like the fucking morality police in Iran, right? Fuck the fucking MP. Fuck the morality police in Iran. And of course, you know, fuck the fucking MPs over here because these niggas don't do anything, right? Fuck the fucking MPs in Iran. And of course, obviously, fuck the MPs in South Africa because these motherfuckers are scammers. These motherfuckers are scammers. You see, bruv, this is why, bruv, this is why I always say, 
We need motherfuckers in power who view their fucking positions in power as as ways or as conduits to serving the people. Right? Their positions should be viewed via the lens of a servant. You feel me, bruv? They need to view their fucking positions as servants because that's what they are. But these niggas don't give a fuck. These niggas got dreams. These motherfuckers have dreams, bruv. Right? These niggas want to drive Porsches. These motherfuckers want to be billionaires. They want to live in mansions. They have dreams. Because even when we sleep, we are dreaming. When I'm resting and I'm in my dreams, what am I doing? I'm waking up with something. It never ends. The bullshit never ends. A new report about the relationship that led to the Celtics to suspend their coach, Ime Udoka, for the entire season. And this development might explain why the punishment is so severe. Anna Myler is live at the Garden with those new details. Anna? Liam K. Coach Ime Udoka is out for at least a season, and The Athletic is now reporting that the female staff member he reportedly had a consensual relationship with recently accused him of making unwanted comments toward her, and that's what led to the team making a series of internal interviews and ultimately making this decision. The Celtics put out a statement last night announcing that Udoka had been suspended for the 2022-2023 season for violations of team policies. They went on to say a decision about his future with the Celtics beyond this season will be made at a later date. The suspension takes effect immediately. Udoka made a statement to ESPN's Malika Andrews saying, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization, and my family for letting them down. I am sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation and I accept the team's decision. Out of respect for everyone involved, I will have no further comment. So the Celtics are now without their head coach just days before their first practice of the season. Udoka joined the team last summer, leading them to the NBA Finals for the first time in 12 years. So hopes have been high heading into this new season, but now it is all up in the air. The Celtics have not yet said who is going to take over for Coach Udoka, but there are reports that assistant coach Joe Mazzulla will become the interim head coach. Reporting live from TD Garden, on a Myler, WBZ this morning. It's getting spooky. 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 Weird times. Global weirding. On November 29th, 2021, Barbados became the world's newest republic. From this day and forever, declare Barbados 
a parliamentary republic. Barbados lowered the Queen of England's flag, ended its allegiance to the British royal family, and severed more than 350 years of colonial ties to the monarchy. But look who's in attendance. That's then Prince Charles. It was important to me that I should join you to reaffirm those things which do not change. Part of what Charles meant by that was that even though Barbados was no longer a realm of the British crown, it was remaining a member of the Commonwealth. See, as this was happening, the Queen wasn't just the Queen of England. She was also the Queen of 14 of the British Empire's old colonies. And they are all part of a larger organization called the Commonwealth of Nations, also made up mostly of former British colonies. And the Queen was the head of that, too. It's a vestige of the British Empire. We shall be able to make of this ancient Commonwealth, which we all love so dearly, an even grander thing. So let's unpack it. What happened to the British Empire? And what is the Commonwealth? In 1926, when Queen Elizabeth II was born, Britain ruled over nearly a quarter of the world's population through its colonies. Over centuries, the British Empire refined systems to control and extract wealth and resources from them. Like in Barbados, where they exploited the descendants of people kidnapped from Africa on their sugar plantations. Or in South Africa, where they took millions of carats of diamonds from local mines. But although the British Empire was larger and more lucrative than ever, by the early 20th century, there were early signs of its dissolution. All these white settler colonies, like Australia and Canada, had become British dominions. That meant they would no longer be ruled by Britain, but would symbolically remain constitutional monarchies under the crown. They called it the British Commonwealth, and it would turn out to be the future of the British Empire. By the time Queen Elizabeth took the throne in the 1950s, the world had changed even more. After World War II, Britain's economy was suffering, and across the empire, independence movements were on the rise, like in India, where independence movement leaders had been fighting for sovereignty for decades. Or in Kenya, where 1.5 million people fighting against British rule were forced into concentration camps. As the empire realized there was no stopping decolonization, the monarchy focused on maintaining its relevance. Even though the queen would not attend the lowering of the British flag, her family would. Her husband, Prince Philip, attended several ceremonies marking the independence of former colonies, including the one in Kenya as did other royals like Lord Mountbatten in India. India was given the choice to remain in the British Commonwealth in the same way the former white settler colonies had. But India was now an independent republic and refused to have a monarch. So in an effort to maintain ties, the British Commonwealth reinvented itself. As the Queen put it during her first major royal tour as head of the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth bears no resemblance to the empires of the past. It is an entirely new conception. The British Commonwealth changed its name to the Commonwealth of Nations. Over time, it would allow countries that were no longer under the Queen, like these, to join as Commonwealth members. On the other hand, many newly independent countries chose to keep the Queen as their ceremonial head of state and became Commonwealth realms, like Barbados. It was a mix of monarchies and republics, and the Queen presided over it most visibly by expanding the imperial tradition of conducting royal tours. In many ways, the British Empire decolonized, but the monarchy was global. 
Today, nearly a third of the world's population lives in a Commonwealth nation. And while some countries have chosen to leave the Commonwealth, others have decided to join, despite not having been British colonies. That's partly because although the Commonwealth is more or less a club whose members don't have legal obligations to each other, it's also one of the world's largest political organizations and can be a useful forum for countries that want to amplify their voice or gain access to big diplomatic players like the UK, India, Canada, or the Crown itself. And although its members decided to make King Charles the next head of the Commonwealth, they weren't required to. Anyone can lead the organization. Which leaves open the possibility that the Commonwealth, started by the British Empire, has a future led by the very colonies it was designed to corral. The Queen's death inspired periods of mourning in many Commonwealth nations. In part because she was remarkably good at uniting the Commonwealth in a way that deflected from her country's dark history. But in recent years, the monarchy can't hide from it like it used to. From the darkest days of our past and the appalling atrocity of slavery, which forever stains our history. The reckoning with Britain's colonial history has reignited debates over the role of the monarchy in the Commonwealth. So has the death of Queen Elizabeth. But they also point to the fact that much of the power in the Commonwealth now lies with Britain's former colonies. And the question is, what do they want? Their politics couldn't be more different. But both of Brazil's main presidential candidates have gone into overdrive online ahead of the presidential election on October 2nd. Far-right President Jair Bolsonaro faces former left-wing president Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, better known as Lula. We'll explore their social media campaigns, outrageous claims, and celebrity endorsements. But first, emotions are running high. I morei in a party with 13 people, so I have confidence in what this people are passing. Pocos have a second life. Bolsonaro was stabbed in 2018. Drama isn't new for these two. Lula is seeking a third term after being released from prison. He served 19 months on corruption charges until they were quashed. Bolsonaro's been making unfounded claims about Brazil's electoral system. Brazil's mainstream media regularly accuse Bolsonaro of spreading fake news, and their opinion polls show him consistently behind Lula. But Bolsonaro is huge on social media. He's got way more followers than Lula on every main platform. O jovem que daqui defende esse regime aí do PT, né, que foi imposto na Venezuela, né? Pergunta se ele gosta de cãezinhos e gatinhos. <laughs> Making controversial claims likely helped Bolsonaro blow up on social media when he won the 2018 election. He's currently the third most popular world leader on Facebook. But it would be unwise to write off Lula's impact on social media just yet. He's made significant gains online, most notably after jumping on TikTok. Lula had more engagement than Bolsonaro in his first week on the app. 
His campaign received a surprise boost from Brazilian pop star Anita. This is Lula's Workers' Party logo, and she's one of the most followed people on Instagram in the world. Anita later announced she wasn't a party member and forbade them from using her image, but she's still backing Lula. A fitting example of the crucial yet complex role social media is having on who will be the next Brazilian president. That's what it is. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. Them old rappers, man, them niggas. Bro, have you seen any of these old rappers who be like, yo, they're the foundation of hip-hop really living good? Them niggas be looking really dusty. I kid you not. And none of y'all try to come for me because I don't fuck with y'all niggas either. So I'm just going to tell you the truth. Y'all be looking like Every time they be like an old, old nigga talking about hip-hop, you be like, yo, bro, you sure you invented this? Because everybody else living better than you. It came to my attention that a DJ... And um, I'm not going to say any names because I don't think it's necessary. A DJ basically said that, um, you know, a lot of the pioneers in hip hop, are, you know, they're dusty or how can they be the person that, um, you know, invented hip hop if, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of money. Um. Or if they don't look or represent like they have a lot of dough, right? Let me explain something to you um, and, and say this for you guys. Don't confuse someone's ability to develop a business model. Don't conflate. In other words, don't think just because somebody knows how to get money or fails to get money that they didn't make a contribution to the culture. No one discusses Miles Davis's bank account. We don't talk about John Coltrane's bank account. We don't talk about a lot of even rock musicians, a lot of them. We don't talk about their bank accounts. A lot of great country artists, we don't talk about their bank accounts. Um, this idea that you have to have money or else you don't have any value is a bad idea and it's a it's a, it's a, it's kind of like, it's a misinformed way of looking at the world and the culture. There are artists out here. First of all, let me, let me, let me say this. First of all, you know, like, let's talk about like young artists, right? Which who I love. I love the young artists. Let's be clear. I'm very much a guy who embraces the young artists. I believe in every generation. I believe in you. I care about you. Let me say this to you though. Today, you could come up with your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, your 20-year plan. You can go find a manager. You can find an accountant. You could find somebody that means something to you, um, you know, to help you. You could find a team to help your career go to the next level. When hip-hop first started, there were no managers. There were no accountants that believed in it. Record companies didn't even believe in it. Nobody believed in it. How can you make a five-year plan or a 10-year plan on something that doesn't even exist yet, that people have never even heard of? So just because a couple of these guys and girls and people out here made songs and made music and made contributions to this culture, or even dancers danced and, 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 and put, made these contributions to the culture, just because they didn't get rich, just because they weren't able to 
pile up millions or billions of dollars does not mean that they didn't make a contribution to this culture. That does not mean that they didn't do something. They created an industry that we all ate off of. They created an industry that you eat off of. When you go out there and you go monetize your brand, when you go monetize your brand, when you go get your, your whatever and do what you got to do to build your career, when you go out there and, and negotiate your deals and negotiate your checks and talk tough, guess what? That money, that bread, that food that you eating was created by those same people that you disrespecting. That industry was created by them same people that you call in, you know, foul words, foul language. The think the people that you're referring to. So my thing is this. It's always good. It's always good to get money. It's always important. It's important. It's important to get money. I agree. I'm all about getting paper. I've been talking about it my whole career. But don't ever, ever, ever confuse being rich with making a contribution to our culture. Don't ever play yourself like that again. Because trust me, you playing yourself. Because without these dudes and these girls who started this hip-hop culture, a lot of the guys that's out there talking tough, you wouldn't even have a career. You'd be, we'd be on the corner with a beer talking about what's the next move we're going to make. So I would say approach this game with humility and be glad and be thankful that these pioneers, you know, these exactly slave mentality, be glad that these pioneers help create this culture and let's show them love. Let's elevate them. Let's celebrate them. That's why I started Rock the Bells. That's why I started this movement. So I wouldn't have to listen to, to foolish rhetoric about people that change the world. These people change the entire world. The whole planet runs on hip-hop culture right now. The whole planet, every commercial, every, the, the, you know, everything you can think of is all about hip-hop. And there are people out there that started this thing, and I think that they deserve to be honored and respected. I'm going to leave it right there. Well, to the story now, more than half of the children under 18 in South Africa are accessing and watching pornographic material online. That is according to a recent study by the Youth Research Unit of UNISA. Now, more than 55% of those surveyed watch porn on a regular basis via their mobile phones or on tablets using free Wi-Fi at school. Basic Education Minister Angie Mutsecha was questioned recently in Parliament about a measures her department is taking to ensure that children do not access this kind of material on devices provided by schools. So to speak to us a little bit more about this, I'm joined now by Basic Education Department spokesperson Elijah Mflanga. Elijah, a very good morning to you. What is almost disheartening and quite shocking is the fact that we actually have to talk about how is it that children are accessing porn. That in itself should not be something that we should be conversing. Uh, but yet we are here as a country, aren't we? How do we let this happen? Good, good morning, uh, Faith. Well, it starts in the home. I mean, uh, it's the discussion that we have in the home with our children when we buy them expensive devices that we use with them to communicate and we give them to take to school. And uh, when in school, then, then they use it for all sorts of purposes. Because if you read that study, you will see that uh, some of the access is done through mobile devices, which they have from home to school. But when they get to school, 
We have also provided ICT connectivity, which is what the country has been calling for, that we need to do as much as we can as a sector in basic education to provide connectivity for, for learning in terms of uh, the modern times where ICT is part and parcel of learning. So instead of using them for learning only, they then use them for other purposes. Yeah, but you know, I was also reading the study, Elijah, and it was actually showcasing how even children as young as five are accessing porn um, and mm. they watch porn regularly. Um, that in itself says that there's a serious societal uh, breakdown that we need to actually start tackling. Uh, because it's one thing to have a cell phone. I remember times where phones were used just to make mm. sure that you call your parents after school so that they can fetch you or for that kind mm. of almost shallow communication. But now it's not used to, you know, research uh, work topics or research school topics. It's used for other nefarious kind of reasons. How do we even stop this? Um, you know, is it to take away the devices from children? But then how do parents access their kids, especially for emergencies? Is it going back to the drawing board about the societal construct? I'm just trying to find how do we fix without just putting a plaster on the issue? Yeah, we start by fixing the mind. It's all in the mindset. We need to change behavior. So what we've tried to do in basic education is to teach about the dangers of pornography in the life orientation and life skills subject, which we have in school. So one of the most disappointing facts is that when we were talking about comprehensive sexuality education, people focused on sex and sexuality and forgot that we're actually talking about the dangers of pornography in there. So when they opposed, they also opposed this particular aspect of our effort at trying to address this particular societal matter, which you have so correctly mentioned. So we say from the school point of view, we talk to children about the dangers of accessing inappropriate material, which could result in other behaviors developed. So we are saying, it cannot be like that. But at the same time, we have developed e-safety guidelines as part of uh, creating an environment where all our schools know what to do. It's a comprehensive 72-page document which we have given to our schools. We've uh, defined all the terms. We talk about bullying there. We talk about trolling. We talk about all these things that are there in the ICT space in terms of what learners need to be aware of and how parents should help them and how schools, how all role players should work together to make sure that we all teach our children about the dangers of the good technology that we have in front of us, which is meant to assist our schooling system to improve. But now we find that uh, some learners are using it for wrong purposes. Yeah, you know, 55% of young people actually watching porn regularly. I, as I said, every time I read out the statistics, one can help but actually feel a little bit anxious about the type of future we are breeding have we actually communicated the long-term effects of this and is it not time now to start becoming more aggressive especially when it comes to life orientation and all these classes and addressing some of these um you know pertinent issues it does not help elijah that we keep saying that we're a conservative society if our children are involving themselves mm -hmm. in dangerous activity which will actually hamper mm -hmm. themselves in the mm -hmm. long run as adults we can pretend we are conservative but that's going to have ramifications at the end of the day 
You are absolutely correct. So we went aggressive when we started with the comprehensive sexuality education because these were the matters that were taken there. And there was opposition from some quarters. And we said, it cannot be that we continue to bury our heads in the sand and hope that our children will just be safe somehow without a deliberate intervention by all of us. So we continue with our workshops around the country. We are workshopping parents, we are workshopping school management teams, school governing body members and pa parents in general about all these matters that have got to do with their children. Because it's not just about bullying, it's not just about pornography, mm. it's also about HIV and AIDS among our children. It's also about the learner pregnancy that is shocking us all the time that we also need to deal with. All these things are connected. So if we were to see them as such, that's why from our sector as basic education we say it's comprehensive because we mean exactly that, that think of it as a life matter for your child and yourself you need a skill that you require for you to be able to interact with your children about complex matters like this one so don't oppose rather come and listen and find a way to support the effort of the department because on its own the department is in no position to resolve all these matters that's why even the e-safety document that i'm talking about it mentions and implicates other stakeholders as well that must come on board and help us deal with this matter in a way that will make a real change so that we safeguard uh, the future of our children very quickly before we let you go how do parents implement the basic the minimum in trying to protect their children from this kind of content the first the first thing is conversation we need to talk about them i mean i gave you a device but what are you going to use it for so it, it should be used for the right purpose. we need to keep reminding them about the dangers and the implications of the things that we are doing of course we know there's peer pressure we talk about peer pressure as well in the curriculum so we really need to have those conversations the first and the first and the most important thing is to open the communication line between us and our children that way the first step has been taken towards doing the right thing yeah, well, Elijah, I'm hoping that it's not the last time we have a conversation of this matter. As we said, we cannot pretend that we're a conservative society if our children are being exposed to such content every single day. 55% of young people are watching porn yeah. regularly. It's absolutely, uh, it's, it's gobsmacking at this stage. Spokesperson for the Basic Education Department, Elijah Mslang.
coverage tonight in Ukraine where bogus referendums are underway as Moscow tries to solidify its hold on occupied territory. Our senior international correspondent Ben Wiedemann is on the ground for us in Kharkiv in Ukraine tonight. Ben, is this so-called voting essentially happening at gunpoint? Basically, it is, Wolf. I mean, we're, we're seeing video and hearing reports of uh, election workers going house to house, door to door, uh, with ballot boxes accompanied by armed men, in some cases armed men wearing balaclavas. Uh, there's no real secrecy uh, in this vote. 
some people we're hearing know aware that these election workers are going from door to door are locking their doors, closing their curtains, and simply not answering uh, to avoid voting. In fact, the Ukrainian authorities have urged residents of the occupied territories not to answer the door in case strangers show up. Now, at the bowling booths themselves, the bowling sta- excuse me, the polling stations uh, themselves, apparently there are no, there aren't any voting booths. Basically, you vote in the open. Now, Ukrainian officials say anywhere between, in some areas, 50 to 75 percent of the population uh, of these areas occupied by the Russians, the populations have left. They've gone because of the war, because of the occupation. And so to make up for the lack of numbers, according to Ukrainian intelligence, which has intercepted documents, it indicates that they're allowing children as young as 13 uh, to vote. So all indications are that this is a farcical, a sham uh, referendum. But obviously the Russians are pushing it as hard as possible to provide the legitimacy for when inevitably, it seems, they are going to announce their annexation of these areas. Wolf? Ben Weidman reporting for us uh, from Ukraine. Ben, thank you very much. Meanwhile, in Russia right now, Putin's military mobilization is driving desperate people to flee the country. Our senior international correspondent, Matthew Chance, is tracking the situation for us. Matthew, you've been watching the dramatic fallout, the mass protest, the thousands of Russians fleeing, mounting pressure on Putin at the same time. Give us the latest information you're getting. Yeah, the the stakes, Wolf, are really getting really high uh, in Russia for Vladimir Putin because um, although there are no protests at the moment, there's more expected over the next few days. We are still seeing thousands upon thousands of people, mainly men of fighting age, but also with their families as well, trying as best they can to get out, get out of the country. Train stations packed, trains traveling outside of the country filled with young men of fighting age, lines of cars towards the borders in the west, in the south, um, uh, other uh, directions as well, just doing whatever they can, flights as well, absolutely packed, sold out um, as soon as the tickets become available, as people desperately try uh, to uh, get out of Russia. Because even though Vladimir Putin has made it clear that he intends to conscript reservists only, people with military experience, Um, and he's calling it a partial um, mobilisation. Nobody really buys that. People are concerned that this is going to be much, much broader. And already there are stories about people who have never been in the army, that have been served papers that they have to go into the uh, military straight away. There are terrible stories about protesters who have been protesting against the draft and against the war, who have been taken by the police from the protests and moved directly uh, into the armed forces, being drafted directly from the protests. Um, uh, and so there are these astonishingly frightening scenes taking place. And actually, I mean, I know a lot of Russians because I've lived there for so long, but you know, this is the first time that I've, I've, I've spoken to people uh, and they are genuinely anxious and concerned about what's going to happen next. For so long, this was just a conflict that was on their television screens, didn't touch their lives. Now, with this mobilization or this partial mobilization, it has really come to life and really come home for the majority of Russians. The pictures are so, so dramatic. You know, Matthew, uh, we've also learned here in Washington that U.S. intelligence officials have been privately warning Russia against using nuclear weapons 
and they've been doing so for several months. What else are you learning? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've been doing that privately. That's a story that was first, of course, reported by the Washington Post, but now uh, we've confirmed it from our sources uh, as well. Uh, and that's interesting that there are these back channels uh, between Washington and Moscow still when it comes to these most serious of issues. But I would say that, um, you know, the, the United States, U.S. officials, Biden, you know, uh, his, his officials, his Secretary of State as well, Anthony Blinken, they've been publicly warning uh, the Russians as well uh, that there will be consequences, although, you know, they haven't said what those consequences would be, but consequences uh, for Russia using tactical or, of course, strategic uh, nuclear weapons. It's not the first time uh, that Vladimir Putin has threatened the use of this sort of ultimate military force. He tends to do a bit of nuclear saber-rattling uh, when he's feeling quite uh, defensive. And the interpretation at the moment is that they're not seeing any signs in the U.S. Uh, from the U.S. side of any kind of actual movements towards deploying nuclear missiles uh, with a view to actually using them. Uh, but obviously, when a nuclear power like Russia makes a threat like this, on some level, you have to take it seriously. You have to plan for it. And that's what Vladimir Putin is hoping for, of course. Matthew Chance reporting for us. Matthew, thank you very much. Let's discuss all of this and more with the former director of national intelligence, the CNN national security analyst, retired General James Clapper. General, thanks so much for joining us. How do you predict Russia could use these phony referendums in Ukraine to escalate this war? Well, Wolf, I think, uh, first of all, we'll all be sitting on the edges of our seats awaiting the results of these referendums uh, t next Tuesday. And, of course, I, I, you know, the concern is uh, the connection of these referenda with uh, Putin's um, statements implying uh, or inferring the use of nuclear weapons. Uh, that is specifically a threat to uh, Russian sovereignty, Russian territory, uh, which in his mind, or at least he's arguing or asserting, would be a, a, a threat to the existence of Russia. So that, I think, is the obvious concern with this, these hasty referenda uh, as, as a justification for the potential use of nuclear weapons. I think that's, you can't dismiss it uh, as a possibility, but I, I, I would still argue that that's, uh, it's unlikely that he, he would actually do that. I think this is more the nature of a, a fancy bluff uh, and an attempt to intimidate the West. As you heard, uh, General Clapper, the U.S. has been privately, privately warning Moscow on the consequences of actually deploying a nuclear weapon. Now, what does that tell you about how seriously the Biden administration is taking Putin's repeated nuclear threats? Well, obviously, and we all have to take it seriously. We, uh, you know, he has nuclear, Putin has uh, nuclear weapons at his disposal. So you cannot completely dismiss the possibility that, that he, he might use them. Now, you might want to think through, well, what exactly would he uh, hope to achieve if he did use nuclear weapons? So I think it's the prudent thing to do, and I'm sure the, uh, the administration is using all the channels of the communication available to them, the Pentagon, the State Department, uh, to convey the message uh, which President Biden has done publicly, uh, not to use nuclear weapons. And I think uh, not being explicit, a little strategic ambiguity about just what we would do if he did employ him is, is a good thing, because yeah. that adds 
uh, uh, complexity to the calculus, whatever it is, that Putin has. When you look, at General Clapper, at all these drastic moves by Putin in recent days, the massive mobilization, the crackdown on protesters, the nuclear threats, the sham referendums, what does, that, what does it all say to you about his mindset right now? Well, I think, well, he's in trouble, and I think he, he knows it. I think uh, his options are uh, declining. Uh, the mobilization uh, is not going to change the outcome of uh, the, situa the combat situation at all. Uh, the images, the, the two images of uh, demonstrators opposing it, which is a brave thing to do in Russia these days, and the image of vehicles lined up at the borders, Finland, from, from Finland to Kazakhstan, the people fleeing to avoid the mobilization, I think, is emblematic of the situation he faces and the lack of will to fight. And all he's going to do is generate more cannon fodder for the Ukrainians. Uh, and so it's not going to have any impact. But th this is uh, illustrative when you consider where he was seven months ago, where he thought th th this would be a romp. And now he's having to do a, a partial mobilization uh, and, you know, quickly stage the sham referenda and once again try to intimidate the West with threats of, of the use of nuclear weapons, I think are indicative that he's in a bad place and he knows it. And he, and he sees these demonstrations on the streets of Moscow at the same time. James Clapper, the former director of national intelligence, thanks so much for joining us. Discussing the Ime Odoka suspension, which is one year for a consensual relationship with a staff member. A couple notes I took copious, and then I'll get right to the reaction, fellas. The suspension comes with a significant financial penalty. Um, there were a couple of violations, at least. Brad Stevens was very emotional. He said, we have a lot of talented women in our organization yesterday. It was really hard on them. Nobody can control Twitter speculation and rampant expletive. And Brad Stevens definitive about the fact that he will not take over coaching ranks. Obviously, we know even if Joe Mazzulla, who will be the interim coach, didn't pan out. Uh, Stephen A., I'll, I'll start with you, and then obviously we'll get to Woj. Your reaction to what you just heard. I didn't think coming into this show that I could get more furious, but I am. Um, Woj, first of all, to you, thank you for your reporting on this story on top of everything, as always. All I'm going to do is give you my perspective. I certainly don't expect you to have comments about that. Um, Wick, the, co the, the owner, Wick Grousberg, I like him. I've known him for years, uh, constantly running across him, made many Celtics events, been very fond of him, incredibly disappointed today. Um, Ime Udoka cannot be defended. His actions were egregious, irresponsible to be in the leadership position that he is in. I'm not here to make any excuses or any apologies uh, for his behavior. It is inexcusable. It's a fireable offense as far as I'm concerned. But it doesn't negate what the Celtics are doing here. According to your reports, Woj, and what we have been talking about over the last couple of days, this was a consensual relationship. Was Ime Udoka involved with himself? The answer to that question is no. Two consenting adults engaged in this act or these actions that clearly were in violation of the Boston Celtics policy. 
But all we're hearing about is email. And, some, and, and, and to Whit Grousberg, who I profoundly respect, I would strongly advise you. Grousebeck. Grousebeck, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't know why I said Grousebeck. To Wick, I would strongly advise him. Maybe he should speak to a publicist or, or take some classes himself because he threw out a couple of bombs there about Ime Doka. Implications that feed stereotypes and things of that nature. And I, I'm not going to regurgitate what he said, but it was very, very alarming. Highly one-sided. And as far as I'm concerned, based on this press conference, there is no reason on earth right now why Ime Udoka is still a head coach of the Boston Celtics, albeit a suspended one. Because not only did you suspend him, but Woj, correct me if I'm wrong, he also said, then we'll reevaluate after next year. So you retain that, his right. That was very gray, that That's whole right. part of it. What does he need to do between now and June he to didn't answer that. job? He didn't answer that, number one. Number two, he didn't make a declaration that after the year's suspension, E-May would be back. He yeah. said, we'll revisit it then. Now, I understand that at this particular moment in time, Woj, you and I both know, covering the NBA for as long as we have, that E-May Udoka is an unhirable individual. But the unhirable portion of it, I would make the claim, is primarily due to the fact that the story was leaked out and we are now discussing it publicly. That's what would make him unhirable if you didn't know. If NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, were signed and this was sort of kept in-house, but you fired him, the likely, you know, who knows what the chances are. But after this press conference, the NBA itself, not to mention any team in the league, you can't touch Ime Udoka at this particular moment in time because of the implications that were given at this press conference. I mean, my God, listen, let's go back, and, and, and I'm not going to sit up there and regurgitate it again, but go back and listen to Wick talk. I'm a very alarmed by this, Woj, and I'm going to just leave it at that for the moment. Woj, give us your reaction to what you heard yeah, yeah. or any question marks that you have. Yeah, certainly. Listen, uh, Wick Grosbeck and uh, Brad Stevens did not provide a lot of clarity on how they reached their decision for a one-year suspension and not a dismissal. I think uh, Grosbeck essentially said uh, it was a gut feel. And in consultation with others in Celtic leadership, it was ultimately his decision. Uh, but it certainly does leave... Uh, Ime Udoka uh, in a limbo here as this season begins. Again, he was given no assurance that he would be back as Celtics coach. And I think what Boston is doing now is leaving open, uh, you know, the possibility, of course, that they could bring him back, uh, but certainly not committing uh, to anything. But I, I think if there's somebody else out there who's going to hire Ime Udoka, uh, number one, you know, they're going to have to do you know, their own diligence into what exactly happened in Boston. And then, you know, they're going to have to reach a comfort level that um, that they would be able to bring Udoka into their organization uh, and that he would be able to, uh, you know, uh, get over all the thresholds it would take to hire somebody who is under this kind of suspension. But but certainly it's unprecedented in nature. And, and again, would this have been the investigation and the findings five years ago, seven years ago? 
I don't know. But in 2022, and you heard Grosbeck talk about, you know, the Celtics being in a corporate structure um, like many other companies, you know, it is a different day, I think, especially for an individual who is in leadership. And again, uh, a situation where he is the head coach, he's overseeing basketball operations in a large part along with Brad Stevens and an involvement with a subordinate. And I think, again, if uh, Ime Udoka was an assistant coach, if he worked in the video room, might it be different? Perhaps. I do think it gets back to uh, his leadership, but it certainly puts it, 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 it leaves as many questions as they provided answers mm-hmm. today. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. Recently turned to the tool of Twitter to post the termination of his Yeezy brand collaboration with Gap as he remains in an ongoing legal battle with Adidas. How do you move forward now in the fashion industry when they're saying you can't even not only show Yeezy products, but anything bearing that likeness? Oh, we got some new lawyers. We really had to level up and show them Really show him who's, you know, who's the new boss in town. He now plans to sell the Yeezy brand directly to consumers, something he argued about with radio host Sway back in 2013. Or why don't you empower yourself and don't hmm. need them and do it yourself? How, Sway? Take a few steps back to go. You ain't got the answers, man. So Sway, almost 10 years ago, said, man, why don't you do it on your own? Was he right? You know what? I will go ahead and say... Sway had the answer. I know people are going to be like, no. We're going to start in Iran. People are on the streets for a sixth day of protests. It's believed those protests have now spread to up to 80 cities across the country. This is all after a young woman died after being arrested for allegedly violating the country's strict dress code for women. Masa Amini was 22 years old when she died on Friday. In a rare interview with foreign media, uh, the father of Masa Amini contradicted the authorities' version of events about how his daughter died. We'll hear from him in a moment. But first, this report from our correspondent, Rana Rampal. Women across Iran are setting their hijabs on fire. They are tired of being beaten up by the morality police for not observing strict Islamic dress code. Their anger was sparked by the death of this woman, Mahsa Amini. She was just 22. She was arrested by the morality police in Tehran earlier this month. They said she wasn't wearing the mandatory hijab properly. The security forces have released this heavily edited CCTV footage of Mahsa in detention. They say she died of a heart condition, but eyewitnesses say she was beaten up in the police van. Her father told me she was a healthy young woman with no medical condition. A few days later, she's dead. Five days on and protests are quickly spreading across the country. And they are no longer just about clothing. Now, men next to women are standing together, chanting, death to dictator. It's about regime change. While they're being violently cracked down, the Iranian president was at the United Nations, telling the world how successful the Islamic revolution has been. Internet is now shut down in large parts of Iran. Last time this happened three years ago, hundreds of people were killed. There are fears that more lives are at risk. 
But this protester says this is what we have to do to end 43 years of oppression. It's too early to say that this is the end game for the Islamic Republic of Iran. But for many of these young women, there's no going back from this moment of brave defiance. Rana Rahimpur, BBC News. Well, let's turn now to this interview with Amjad Amini, uh, Master's uh, father. Uh, he told BBC Persian Jihal Gol uh, what happened to Master and what he thinks about the authorities' version of events. I asked them to show me the footage from the police officers' body cameras. They told me the cameras were out of charge. I asked them why you didn't transfer her to the hospital earlier when she collapsed at the police station. And they said the ambulance's key was lost for 20 minutes and they couldn't find it. Can you believe this? I still cannot believe she's dead. I don't want to believe she's not alive. I cannot. They have not sent anyone with her from the police station to the hospital. Nobody knew who she was in the hospital. I'm glad my son followed her to the hospital. Otherwise, we would have lost her. The authorities made up a lot of lies. Iranian state media are saying she had health conditions before. But that's a lie. The medical report was full of lies. The doctor told me they would report whatever they liked. I went to the medical office a couple of times. They didn't let me in. Well, Mr. Amani uh, also told us that if her daughter was alive, she would have turned 23 yesterday. My daughter was so innocent. She was very innocent. She was very honest. She was very modern. She was an angel. I miss her. We all miss her. It was her 23rd birthday yesterday. She wanted to start university next week. She wanted to study microbiology. That was her dream, which never came true. Her mother is so sick. I also want to thank people for showing their solidarity. Well, with me now is Jihal Gol from BBC Persia, and he spoke to uh, Master's father uh, in those interviews that you just heard. Really difficult to listen to, unbearable time for him. What struck you about what he had to say? I think, don't forget what kind of condition he is under to talk to us, in one hand losing his beloved daughter and also in the same time there's a heavy presence of security forces. We have to be a little bit creative to find a way to talk to him. And also, uh, you know, there's the intimidation and what he told us actually pretty much he's been very consistent from day one about the account how his daughter ended up in hospital and eventually died. The government say he had a brain surgery. I yesterday actually tracked down two of Mahsa's classmates in the city of Saqqaz, small Kurdish town in Western Iran. They told me they never heard about any surgery or medical condition. They never heard Mahsa being hospital, hospitalized at all. But the footages we have received last night from some, some of them from a very small town, it, somebody told me it's like a slaughterhouse. You could see blood spill all over, many young men and women actually lying in the street. And it seems to me since last night, they cut the internet and all the social media, I think the government, many are fearing they might uh, 
to, to do whatever it takes to keep the system in place. We'll come on to those, the, the, the protests uh, in just a moment, but just on the individual case um, for a second more. The accusation there that the authorities haven't given the correct version of events from when she was taken into custody. It's uh, an incredibly brave accusation to make, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the problem is, if you look at the explanation from the officials, actually there's a lot of contradiction from day one. First they say she was arrested in some part of Tehran, which it wasn't true. And then they showed a, a montage of a CCTV it was cut, and then his father said, the, the, the police, the head of the Tehran police said, oh, we showed him the entire footage CCTV. And then his father said, her father said, oh, they show me part of it. They didn't show me in the van, which supposed to have a video. They didn't show me in the backyard of the police station, which allegedly she has been beaten up there. Those, some of other girls who were arrested in the same time with Mahsa, they told her father and her brother, and also her 17-year-old brother was with him, with her, and he begged them not to take Mahsa because they are from a small town, they are in a big city in Tehran, they don't know anyone, but despite that, his father told me his son also was beaten up and his clothes was ripped off. And just on to the protests, I mean those details are difficult enough to, to hear, but on the protests across the country now, we're hearing the number of people who have died is increasing, the number of protests in different cities seems to be increasing. What do you make of the level of the protests and the response by authorities? I think what, what started a few days ago in that small town, right, is like a wildfire actually spreading across the country. And the slogans we are hearing is precisely targeting the very foundation of Islamic ideology of Iranian system. That's why and wearing hijab has been a pillar of the Islamic Republic. And I think many of those of us actually who were watching what's happening in Iran and comparing with the past, the great fear is the government most likely they will suppress the protests because we are seeing the increase of the number of police and militias who are present in the street and we have seen footages they are firing live bullet at the protesters. So you worry that a potential escalation here, we've known about the internet being cut which obviously very, makes protests harder, you are worried about further retaliation? Yes. We were worried maybe because President Raisi was in the United Nations in New York they will wait until he give this speech and exactly this is what's happening but I want to tell you one very interesting picture we saw yesterday Mr. Raisi actually raised the picture of Qasem Soleimani the former commander of elite Quds elite force well in this hometown of Qasem Soleimani in the city of Kerman we saw the footage BBC obtained the footage shows actually the protester turned down the banner of Qasem Soleimani this is shows what how the gap the divide between the government and many of the people who are protesting is. Extraordinary times. Shihagol, uh, thank you very much for coming in and explaining it to us. Thank you. My children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on, all right? That's not happening.
And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I, I will call every. That's three minutes. You've, you've gone past your time. It's a policy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll see y'all on Monday. Maui, my beloved baby daddy, please shoot all these fools. Our cyborg kids want to update their software. Beep, 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 bop. I'm a robot, baby. Allah sent me here to destroy humanity. I love you. Allahu Akbar, bitches.